Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's Gina Crash, your host for the next half hour or so. Thanks for joining us, and I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest. I think this is her first time on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Anne Brown. She is the Senior Director of Communications at the Baltimore. Museum of Art. We might refer to it as the BMA for short. Good morning, Anne. How you doing? Good morning. I'm great, Gina. So excited to have you guys back. The last time we had you on the program, or I think um, it was uh, someone else from the organization, but it was back in December 2019. Boy, a lot has happened since then, for sure. <laughs> so we got a lot of catching up to do. Um, and I know that visitors to the Baltimore Museum of Art are really excited about seeing a lot of things right now. You guys have so much going on. Tell us um, what those visitors are excited to see right now. There is so much happening at the BMA. Um, I think the most exciting thing is the Joan Mitchell exhibition. It is a major retrospective of one of the most important artists of the 20th century. She did these, she was an amazing athlete first, and then she turned to art and she channeled all of that energy as a champion ice skater and horseback rider into these enormous abstract paintings that are just bursting with color. So I think like anybody who liked that Van Gogh experience, that that feeling of being immersed in a painting, will love this exhibition. Oh, that's cool. she held nothing back. She put all of her emotions, her friends, her family, the music she loved into these beautiful, enormous abstract paintings. It's it's something we wish we had in our living rooms, you know, if we could only get it on. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but, you know, the, the next best thing, though, is, uh, you know, is visiting the gem that is the BMA and checking it out for yourself. And how you, you've described them so eloquently, but how else would you describe Joan Mitchell's paintings? And by the way, people have a ton of time to still see them the whole hot summer here because it's been on exhibit since March and it's going through August 14th, right? That's correct, yes. So I think what makes this so important is that um, there really won't be another time in our lifetime to see these paintings together. They've come from public and private collections throughout the U.S. and Europe. In fact, the curators looked at 600 paintings in person to select the 70 that are shown in Baltimore. And it's the only East Coast venue. So people are coming from all over New York, New Jersey, further the Northeast and the South, to see this exhibition because they know this is the only time you can see it. Wow. Now, if that's not like a, a call to action, I don't know what is. That's so important. People should really check it out. I mean, especially if it's in our backyard. Uh, we can't be, you know, 
Um, we can't be like uh, having people beat us to it that from the Northeast Corridor, we have to visit our, our own Baltimore <laughs> yeah. Museum of Art. You know, I mean, that's really cool. They're coming from all over the place. But this is this is a real treasure. And it's also um, co-organized by um, the San Francisco Museum of Art. So you guys do that a lot, too, where you work with other museums and, and with something of this great scale that, you know. Is, that's is, correct. For, for these major exhibitions, it really helps to have a partner um, to divide the work, but also give other audiences an opportunity. So it opened in San Francisco. It's in Baltimore right now. And then a version of the exhibition, not quite the same, will open in Paris in October. Oh, my goodness. So going so, from Baltimore to Paris, I think that's a T-shirt that we could wear. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the interesting things about Joan Mitchell's career is that she started in, in as an artist in New York, and she... She was, uh, you know, a colleague of Jackson Pollock and uh, the guys who made the 1950s art scene there. She was, she was one of them and, and found success early on and then moved to France and spent almost 40 years working in Paris and in um, an area near where Monet, actually, she bought a house that Monet had once owned. And so she was inspired by the French countryside for much of her career. And And it really shows its paintings of sunflowers and gardens and even her dogs. She loved dogs. She had German shepherds. Oh, that's so cool. There's a painting dedicated to her dog. I love it. So it's very significant that it should wrap up in Paris after being here in in Baltimore. That's cool. And the fact that she could hold her own with, I mean, I love Jackson Pollock. And just imagine being around in that time and being a contemporary. And how important is it that she's a woman and getting this this, uh, center stage like this? I think that the recognition that she deserves. It's absolutely the recognition she deserves. Yes. And there's a gorgeous catalog. If you if you find you're inspired by her paintings, you'll definitely want to see this catalog. Probably the most beautiful catalog I have ever seen. It really does justice to her paintings. And if you're like to know more about her, it's a it's a really wonderful resource. That's really cool. Now, how do people get tickets to the exhibit, which, again, is going through uh, August 14th, so people definitely have time to get their tickets? I know you have lots of great deals for, you know, seniors and groups and students and all yes. that stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yes, there are uh, many different um, price points for tickets, and you can get them on our website at artbma.org. I think it's like forward slash Joan Mitchell. But you'll see, once you go on the website, there's a, a, a Joan Mitchell image. You'll, you'll recognize it right away. And um, one of the great things that we've done in conjunction with the exhibition is from now on, the museum is open until 9 p.m. Thursday nights. And we just launched that with this exhibition, but it's going to continue. So if you can't get here on the weekend, you're too busy running around with the kids to soccer practice, you can come on Thursday night, make it a date night and and see Joan Mitchell and just revel in these gorgeous paintings. That's really cool. Is that something that you heard from from people, from, uh, you know, visitors that they, they wanted it to be open later? And that is a good night because Thursday is really like, um, you know, Friday Eve, basically. So that's the you know, we're <laughs> that's pretty much way to describe ready for it. the yes. weekend at get that a, point. Get a jump on the weekend and come <laughs> to the PMA Thursday night. That's yeah. cool that you listen to the public and, you know, cater to their needs. And that only helps, you know, more people to be able to have access to her beautiful work. So that's really cool. And another real sense of pride, I'll tell you, for Baltimore and for the BMA is this guarding the art exhibit that 
Um, tell us about that. It's it's from your, um, you know, your security team, past and present. And I think I was watching this on like CBS uh, this morning or something. I mean, it's gotten national recognition because it's such a cool and important exhibit. So it the, is. Yeah, it it's, really it's is. It's amazing that this is the first of its kind. I know. There has... Nobody has, it seems like such an obvious idea. Why not ask the people who spend the most time with the art, looking at it in the galleries, to tell us what they think and what they want to see? So we invited our entire security team and asked them, you know, do you want to, would you like to participate in this and, and, and learn about curating an exhibition? So they did everything. So they self selected anybody who wanted to could apply. And um, not apply, but could join. Yeah. And um, and they decided, you know, wh- whether they wanted to do marketing or installation or education, you know, what to what extent they wanted to be involved in. But everybody picked um, up to three objects, and then they kind of had to work with our designers to see what could fit in the space and whittle it down. And then, rather than just hearing like an art historical perspective about the art. They wrote very personally about why they chose these objects, and they're sharing that with audiences so people can see and and learn what is meaningful to them. So it's a very different kind of experience. Yeah, how the art spoke to them and, and just asking them what they thought, having a voice and being, you know, such a part of, they're such a critical part of the organization anyway, but then to to give them a chance to speak, I think is just phenomenal. I think it's something that, that everybody should take a lesson from and, and try to do as well. Um, so it t- has been enormously popular, not just in all of the media coverage, which has truly been national and international. Mm-hmm. But um, there are so many people in the galleries now who are looking at the art and talking about it and and really appreciating what the guards bring to the museum experience, which I think is it's obviously unprecedented. And I hope it's something that continues. Mm-hmm. And how was the, the guarding the art conceived? What, where had an idea like that come to be? This is this is really an interesting aspect of the show. Our um, one of our museum trustees, Amy Elias, was um, having dinner with our chief curator and a friend, and the, the chief curator Asma Naim was talking about how she wanted to to do some kind of mentorship for the security officers, and um, Amy left that that conversation, and it just kind of came to her in the middle of the night, guarding the art. Let's ask them to to come up with an exhibition. And so she presented the idea to the director, and he was immediately on board. And then and then it came about a year process of, of trying to decide how this would work, where it would fit in the exhibition schedule, give the guards enough time to do the work on this, and, um, and also come up with a pay structure because we are asking them to do additional work. So this wasn't part of their regular guarding you know, um, wages, but we paid them a stipend. And um, so they got the professional opportunity as well as some extra income for doing this work. That's incredible. And Amy Elias, we know from this program because she founded Profiles PR and they do a lot of nonprofit work as well. So um, yes. she's a you know great uh, person in the community as well. And I hadn't even thought about the pay structure. This teaches us a few things that it's okay to speak up and brainstorm and have ideas and then also to be compensated and not be you know, afraid to even ask for that. I mean, you guys took care of it before they had to, but you really are 
having them do something, you know, outside of their usual uh, job description, if you will. But the fact exactly. that it is so equi- equitable in that way, I think, is really important. This And things can really get done. This was probably just like, you know, you guys in a meeting brainstorming, and then you actually made it happen. That's got to be a tremendous sense of pride. Yeah, it, it's been it's been really gratifying, I think, for everybody who's been involved it's been um, a really wonderful experience, and it's 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 like I said, it's great to see the visitors appreciating all the work that went behind it as well. Yeah, and did the visitors get to see everything that the guards selected? Because you said they got to choose a, a couple of selections, right? How many works? Yes, they they got to choose up to three, um, but not everything was able to fit into the gallery space. So we created a catalog. And the objects that weren't able to be shown in the galleries were included in the catalog so that the officers had the opportunity to to share their thoughts in another in another form, basically. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and it's interesting, you know, not everybody chose three. Um, you know, we had one officer, Michael Jones, who, who just wanted one object. He had seen this beautiful door knocker in the shape of the head of a Medusa you know, on, on view for years and people would touch it or put their hat on it or cell phone on it. And he just wanted to see that one object in a beautiful case that he designed and not have to worry about it. That's so cool. So, <laughs> so, so just, up to three, but that one was so moving and important for him that he just that's chose That's right. That was so important to him. Yeah. And, and others chose, you know, objects with equally um, compelling reasoning behind, you know, they, they're they're wanting to to see them on view. And some of them chose works they'd never seen before. So they had the whole catalog of the BMA's collection to go through, whatever was available at that time. And they, one person picked a, a woman artist whose work had never been seen in her lifetime. Oh, wow. And turns out it was a Baltimore-based artist named Jane Frank. It's a spectacular painting I've never seen before, and it's just a revelation. And, so there's yeah. surprises and, you know, you that might, came about as a result of this exhibition. It's so important because we might not have ever seen it had it not been for this idea and the discovery yeah, of it. Yeah, it hasn't been on view since 1983. So. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. So um, how? So that's one of the really good ways that, that it makes this exhibit different from other museum exhibitions, would you say? And, and in what other ways is it different like that? Because it's it's not organized thematically by a single artist or a single idea. It's it's organized by the personal reflections of the people who chose the art. So you see a wide range of the collection. You see beautiful objects from the ancient Americas. Um, our, our former security officer, Ricardo Castro, wanted to show something by a Puerto Rican artist, and there wasn't anything that was available at the time. So he chose works by um, from artists, unidentified artists. This is, you know, long time ago um, in countries that surrounded Puerto Rico and left an empty plinth for a Puerto Rican artist. He left a, with a with a Puerto Rican flag to show here's a space for you, the next Puerto Rican artist that could be coming. Wow. So there's a wide range. And then there's a pencil chair, a chair made out of 50 dozen Ticonderoga number two pencils. <laughs> we all know that. And from... this, was, this <laughs> yeah. officer just decided it was so funny because your feet get tired when you're standing all day. And wouldn't it nice to be sitting? to sit down and here's this chair which is actually a work of art that would break if you sat on it. Yeah, yeah. So the wide range of objects and ideas 
is really interesting. And somehow or another, our super talented team of designers and curators have made it all work. It really looks good. I can't wait to see it. And then that that booklet you were talking about, um, the guide, um, can anybody purchase that like in in the gift shop or online? How do you get your hands on that? Because I still think that print is is important, too, to be able to see that even after the exhibit wraps up, which, by the way, doesn't wrap up until July 10th. So people, if they feel like, oh, no, I missed that. I feel like it's been on display a while. Actually, you've got you've got a lot of time. So July 10th is got till July 10th. Yes. Yes. And the the, um, catalog is available at the BMA shop. And I, I, I'm not sure if it's online. It might be. Um, I think it's shop. I have to check the. Check yeah. The, oh, that's the, okay. Um, I think it's just a good excuse yeah. for people to come in but, and get it personally in the in the in the, sh- in the gift shop if they can. So the catalog. Um, the shop is a great resource. Yeah, it really is incredible. So, how has the response been to guarding the yard? How's that been like? It has been tremendous. There are just so many people who are. Um, more interested in the guards than ever before. I've heard that 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 the increase in interactions, not just in that space but throughout the museum, is is one of the results of the of the exhibition. And and I've heard about people um, traveling from all over the country once they they saw it on on um, the Today Show and CBS Sunday Morning. They people started coming from all over. And wanting to see how is this done? What does this look like? What do these guards think? Yeah, that's really cool. And the fact that they're present, you know, present members of the team and also uh, prior members, uh, did they see a difference in like they they were no longer there, but they came back for this and just to see how it's changed already just in the time that they've been away from the Baltimore Museum of Art. That's got to be a cool perspective coming back for something like this. Well, they were at the time of the the project's beginning. They were all employed, but people people move on, people change jobs, people's life circumstances change. So, we we decided that they would continue their involvement if they wanted to, and and all of them have. So they, um, though they are not currently employed by the by the BMA, they were at the time. Yeah, and there was. Um, the project um, fostered a really great camaraderie among the group. So they would, you know, they would have their meetings to talk about their ideas. And then those would extend into after hours events where they'd keep talking. And it was a very collaborative process. And how, so, long, how, um, how long would you say it took to, to get, you know, from idea to, to execution with that? Well, the idea uh, really came about, I think, in February 2020. And then the execution of it began a year later. So it was, they worked, the guards actually worked a full year before the exhibition opened. Wow, that's cool. And, and working on the secret project, did anybody know about it? Because, I, I, you know, you guys did a good job <laughs> keeping it secret. Because the first I heard was like on national TV, you know, <laughs> so it's cool. Yes, well, we, we, we gave them a few months to get started, and then we announced that it was going to happen in um, July of 2021, and the response was immediate. Um, it crashed our website. No, no way, really? So, yes, yes. There, so we, we knew that we had something special in the works. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll say. I, I, um, yeah. We couldn't yeah, wait to, so. we can wait for it. That's so cool. Um, and tell us uh, some other special events you have coming up at the Baltimore Museum of Art, because there are a ton. There's lots of things to see and do. Yes, well, beginning um, this week on um, Wednesday, June 1st, we're finally um, going back to our regular capacity, 
and eliminating the timed entry. So um, for, for general admission, you still need a time ticket for the Joan Mitchell exhibition. But for general admission, any, but you can come in any time, and it's always free. Um, and then we are also reviving, beginning June 10th, our Jazz in the Sculpture Garden series. And this, was, this series has been going on since the late 1980s. It is extremely popular because it's such a beautiful setting. The BMA Sculpture Gardens, if you've never seen it, are, it's almost three acres, and it's two levels. And the top level is where we have our, our concerts. There's a fountain. It's right where the Gertrude's patio is, so you can have jazz plus dinner. And we provide seating, or you can bring your own or a blanket and have a picnic. And it's just a, a wonderful event to hear live music. And this will be the first time since 2019 that we've had a jazz concert. There will be three of them. So we're starting with the Lautizer Quartet with the jazz violinist virtuoso Karen Briggs. She is amazing. You have to hear her. And then we have a young um, jazz harp player named Brandy Younger performing in, in July. And she um, was a 2021 Grammy nominee. So oh. we're really excited to wow. hear her. This will be her first time performing with us. And then we're bringing back another favorite in August, the Todd Marcus Quartet, Quintet, excuse me, the Todd Marcus Quintet. So three really special concerts. You can get tickets on artbma.org. Then backtracking into June again, Art After Hours, a super popular event for ages 21 and older. The museum will be open until 11 p.m. that Friday night. There'll be lots of, of um activities and experiences the museum will you know the galleries will be open of course it's a ticketed event um also get your tickets on artbma.org they should be available soon and they do sell out so it's something you definitely want to keep an eye out for and if you're a member of the bma does that help you get kind of a jump on some of these things is that maybe uh, another reason to join as well <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, the, the discount for members for the jazz tickets is 25%. Um, also about the same for Art After Hours tickets. And Joan Mitchell tickets are free if you're a member. So you really, actually, if, if you, if you want to go to any of these things, your membership will, will benefit. You know, the payoff for the membership will be quite, quite rapid. Yeah, that definitely pays for itself and just gives you a little um, extra yeah. access and some savings and or it kind of encourages you to visit it, you know, more than just once a year. Yeah, um, yeah. With, and also, I, sh I should mention that the, um, the uh, BMA shop in Gertrude's, it also gives discounts for both of those um, aspects of the museum as well. So if you and the BMA shop is a treasure, lots of great gifts there. And Gertrude's Chesapeake Kitchen is always wonderful. So you get 10% savings at both of those places wow. in addition to all of the ticket discounts. Wow, what a gem. And so we'll definitely go to artbma.org for that. And then oh, we got a question here that says, what happens if it's raining on the day of the jazz concert? What do we do then since we're talking about uh, well, you know, that's being a great in the sculpture question. garden, right? I know it is. Yes. So we sell just enough tickets in advance. So that if there is inclement weather, the, the um, concert will be held in our auditorium, which seats about 360 people. Oh, cool. So there's... If, the, if the weather is good on the day of the event, 
we'll release about another 150 tickets. Oh, cool. Okay, good. So, the, so nothing's ever canceled. It's just a, a quick, quick little shift um, in in venue there. And um, so, the, what's the crowd like to it at the Art After Hours? Is it is it like a good date night event? Is it something that you can you know add to your routine and uh, and have some fun a couple times this summer? It's. Um, I think there's only one. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Friday, summer. June seventeenth. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Jazz in the Sculpture Garden, where you have three events for that, which is June tenth, twenty fourth, and August thirteenth. So 13th. Art After Hours is June seventeenth. It. it is an amazing date night event. Um, I love people watching, and <laughs> so it's Baltimore's coolest people come to this event. Um, and I just, you know, the outfits, people seem just to want to have fun. So they wear whatever they feel like is the most fun for them. And um, so it's it's a very, I guess it's a festive event without mm-hmm. there being a specific celebration. It's an, it's a time to dress up and, and, or dress down as you will. I mean, it, it just runs the gamut That's and so cool. all ages. It's just, um, it's a, I, I'm struggling right now to, to describe it. Yeah, well, I'm planning my outfit, actually, while you're reminding me. And again, Art After Hours is Friday, June 17th. So definitely, yeah, it really anything goes. Just express your creativity in whatever way that anything might be. Goes, right? Yes, express your creativity. Come, just have fun. Um, there's bars everywhere and um, light bites. So you can you can get um, some hors d'oeuvres to keep you going. Perfect. You can have, dinner at Gertrude's and then come or, you know, so love it. And and it's super, it is. Well, we can't wait for people to get tickets and they're still available and people can get them on the website at artbma.org for that. And also for your jazz and the sculpture garden that's returning um, as well. And then what is it like visiting the BMA these days? Uh, People might want to know, is everything back to normal? Um, Do you still have your COVID protocols and that kind of thing? Do they need to be prepared for masking or that sort of thing. What's the latest on that? I know it's an ever-changing um, thing with COVID, but and we do have it two minutes been. left. But in case someone's, we always get someone asking about that. We want to make sure we give them the right answer for that. Sure. Well, so we are back at full capacity and um, timed reservations are not required, but we're still keeping the health protocols. So there's hand sanitizer everywhere, constantly cleaning the high-touch areas. Even before COVID, um, the Baltimore Museum of Art had installed a high-capacity uh, air filter just for the protection of the art. So that was already in place before COVID. So the air handling in the museum is top-notch. Um, so there's still very much concern. Masks are not required but encouraged, especially if you have any kind of immunity um, mm-hmm. compromise, you know, if you're, if you're immune compromised in any way, please take care of yourself. And um, otherwise, I think it's a, it's a pretty safe environment. Um, most people tend to kind of socially distance themselves anyway. Right. Cause so, they want to be, um, you know, there to, to reflect on the art and be thinking about yes. it. So it's, it's actually the perfect idea. And so how can people get more information about everything going on? You've got Joan Mitchell through August 14th, guarding the art, the amazing exhibit through July 10th, the return of art after hours and jazz in the sculpture garden and your extended evening hours and all these exciting things. How can people get more info or if we've completely sold them and they're like, I'm that's it. I'm joining the BMA. I'm going to become a member. I'm going to be there all the time. How do, what's the best way they can do that? And I know that includes social media, and you guys are so good. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you're all over the place, right? 
Yes, we have lots of Facebook and Instagram followers. Um, there's wonderful YouTube videos of, of lots of things that are happening at the museum, the galleries, gallery tours, and everything is on artbma.org, our website. Wow, couldn't be and, easier. And if you want, if you prefer to pick up the phone, the general number is 443-573-1700. They'll be happy to take your call and share any information that you need. Good to know that there's still a person there that can help you. And if we're old school with the phone, that works too. We're going to put all this information up on our website. And thank you so much. Ann Brown has been our guest today, Senior Director of Communications with the Baltimore Museum of Art. Thank you so much for joining us and talking about all the exciting things going on at the BMA. You're welcome. Thank you for having me today. You're awesome, Ann. All right, great, you guys. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Odyssey Baltimore. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.